press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Tuesday, August 30. It's verdict day in the Chris Dawson murder trial. The case made famous by the Teacher's Pet podcast, the disappearance of Sydney mum Lynn Dawson in 1982, reaches a crescendo today when Justice Ian Harrison in the New South Wales Supreme Court finds Dawson, a former school teacher and rugby league star, guilty or not guilty. Stay with us in a moment how Lynn Dawson's family are bracing for the day. Australia is eyeing a greater role for the joint naval base on Papua New Guinea's Manus Island under a strengthened defence partnership with the country's re-elected Marape government. There are growing concerns about China's plans in the region, with suggestions China considers Papua New Guinea a more strategic partner than Solomon Islands. Get ready for two new pandemics a year. That's the grim warning from the CSIRO. The government lab says there's been a doubling in the past decade of zoonotic disease outbreaks, that is, animal infections crossing over to humans. The disappearance of Lynn Dawson is a 40-year-old mystery that's gripped the world. But Lynn was a real person who is still very much alive in the memories of her brother, sister and sister-in-law. They've never let go of their memories of this gentle Sydney mum. I'll just put this on the table. All right, then. Oh, we're nearly ready now. I can't believe I'm so organised. <laughs> Here's Lynn's sister, Pat Jenkins. She spoke to my colleague, the Australian's national crime correspondent, David Murray. She was kind, she was caring, very calm. She could be cheeky. The aunts and uncles just loved her, their daughter. And they all came to her, they all came to the first and, and the second Crowley inquiries. But of course, apart from one, they've all passed away now. And, and that uncle's 99. And, um, you know, they're a great support. And then always included them. They're just part of her, her world. She included them, you know, having barbecues and, you know, with mum and all mum's sisters. And, yes, um, and she loved entertaining. She loved, you know, c- catching up with people and family. You know, and she was very generous. You know, if somebody had a baby, you know, always there'd be one or two gifts or, you know, and, um, and because I think at the stage when she didn't have children of her own, and she really longed to have children. She would really dote on, on, on the nephews and nieces. Here's Lynn and Pat's brother, Greg. The last time I spoke with her was just prior to Christmas 81. And um, just not having her in your life is just... You can't fathom it. You can't explain it. You know, someone who was there... And now she's not, and she was the organiser in the family. And uh, any little thing that was due, like a birthday or anything like that, or a celebration, she was the main person to start it off. So we've been the uh, unfortunate ones in that respect that we've uh, been like a ship without a rudder without our um, beloved sister. And Greg's wife, Lynn's sister in law, Marilyn. 
I think she would be amazed at the amount of support that's come from all over the place, people that never knew Lynn, and also even, you know, her school friends turning up at the court and uh, the amazing interest that's in this case to see justice done. I think she would be just blown away by it and humbled. I think the only time a mistake would happen if you just suddenly turned around and started talking. The voice something. you're about to hear um, is Lynn Dawson's. This was from an ABC documentary series called Checkerboard from 1975. Lynn was being interviewed about her marriage to Chris Dawson, a rugby league star, and her experiences of being a wife to an identical twin. But there was one time that um, I still get into trouble about from Chris. I was coming off duty nursing and I was expecting Chris to pick me up. And Chris was waiting a spot that I wasn't used to, sort of him waiting for me there. So Paul came out of the car to tell me that Chris was waiting in the nurse's waiting room. And I just saw a, a figure like Chris running towards me in the dark. And I was so relieved to get off duty that I just sort of ran up to him and flung my arms around him. And I, he, had a, he started to giggle, I think. And I thought, funny, being very cold tonight. And then he sort of had a bit of a laugh and said, oh, you know, better not tell Chris about this, I think. Um, and uh, I get into trouble because uh, I swear that Paul flew, put his arms around me and Paul denies no. it. No! <laughs> Greg and Marilyn will be in court 13A at the New South Wales Supreme Court building in Sydney this morning to hear the verdict of Justice Ian Harrison. Was Lynn murdered by her husband, Chris Dawson? Pink was Lynn's favourite colour, and Greg and Marilyn will be proudly wearing pink today in her memory, along with their supporters, family and friends in court. Lynn did eventually have her much-longed-for children after years of struggling with fertility. In 1982, her two little girls were aged just two and four years old, She was besotted with them, a devoted mum. On Saturday, January 9, she was to meet her own mum, Helena, at a local pool after a shopping trip with the girls and her husband, Chris. But Lynn never made it. Police and prosecutors say she was already dead, murdered by Chris Dawson because he was infatuated with the family's teenage babysitter. After the break, we'll hear why Lynn's disappearance remained a mystery for so long and how Chris Dawson was ultimately brought before the courts. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Chris Dawson was besotted with the family's teenage babysitter. He later married her, and for all these years, he explained away Lynn's disappearance as a mum who just couldn't cope with the demands of family life. He said she'd abandoned him and their little girls. 
but she never visited or called or wrote to her family or friends again. The only person who's ever said they heard from Lynn again was Chris Dawson. He said Lynn rang him a number of times in the weeks after she vanished, saying she just needed some time away. And that's where it rested. Lynn's family was hurt and confused, but they trusted Chris and accepted what he'd said. A small number of people wouldn't let it go. Some of Lynn's friends kept asking questions. Lynn's mum, Helena, never gave up searching for her daughter. One dogged police officer, Damien Loon, kept pushing. Two coroners held inquests and found that a known person, Chris Dawson, should be charged with murder. But the Director of Public Prosecutions simply refused to charge him. And then, in 2018, the Australian's journalist, Hedley Thomas, brought the case to national and global attention with his podcast, The Teacher's Pet. Dawson, who was always denied any wrongdoing, was charged with murder. And today, finally, we get the verdict. I think just um, to get it to trial was just something that we really didn't think would ever happen. And we're just so grateful. We're so grateful to so many people for getting it there for us. And, you know, I think we're still coming to terms with the enormity of that. I think, you know, we're just so grateful that her name has been out there, that, that people really know the story now. And we've had the best counsel that we could have possibly had from the DPP. I really think they gave us their, their top team, their A team. I think we had an outstanding judge and I think that it's been given every possible chance to to get the result that we obviously would love. But if it hasn't, then it's been given the very best chance it could be. At the end of this very long journey, Lynn's family reflect on how this trial has shaped their lives. We've been dealing with this for 40 years and even though our friends have known bits and pieces, I don't think they've had any idea about the effect, the emotional effect it's had on us. And it's really hasn't been until they've heard the podcast and until a few of them have actually come to court, a few of our friends, that they've finally sort of come to terms with, wow, what what we've actually been dealing with. And and why there's sometimes that we just haven't felt up to joining in with things or going to certain functions and so on. I think, you know, they, they just had no idea about the enormity We've had constant support right from day one from family on both sides, my cousins and Greg's cousins. You know, that's there's been a closeness obviously there that's come through and support, constant, you know, calls any anytime anything would come up. But not only just then, they they would always make contact and see how things are going. So that that means an enormous amount. And we've made some really lovely new friends through all this too that have nothing to do with them but are as invested and as passionate mm. as we are and uh, that just means so much because even meeting um lynn's school friends yeah who've turned up yeah just to showing how they they feel about the whole thing it's been a, a big journey uh it's about to come to an end mm-hmm. we're um still quite um how can i put it Anxious. How about it? where it's churning up inside? Outside looks very calm, but inside is a is a mess. But um, this is something we've just got to cope with. 
and uh, we will do it. And the other thing is too, it's not just our family that's affected. We know the Dawsons are affected too. There are so many innocent victims in this whole thing, you know, particularly Lynn's girls. And um, I, I think you know, that that's been such a difficult time for them. They've never learned the love of their own mother and, you know, and what she was really like. Um, hopefully they've learned a bit more about her through this. Pat Jenkins gave evidence earlier in the trial, telling the court about her memories of her sister. She said Lynn told her the marriage was turbulent, that Chris was always angry. Mrs Jenkins says she's putting her faith in the judge to make the right decision. I trust the judge. I know he's got a really difficult job to do, you know, to decide someone's guilt or innocence. But I believe at one point he said he's got to act not only as the judge and legally, but he also has to look at the case as if he was a juror. I found that was interesting. How do you prepare for the two different outcomes? Do you think about that moment or do you try not to think about that moment? Well, we've tried not to think about it. It's very hard doing uh, interviews like this and um, we know there's a lot more to come. We just have to um, look at everything we have done in relation to um, trying to get justice for Lynn. And as we've said before, this is the furthest we've come and all we can do is um, sit back. If his honour, Judge Harrison, decides that there is not enough evidence that he heard to um, have a conviction, then we have to abide by that. The verdict comes down at 10am Australian Eastern Standard Time. You can follow it live at theaustralian.com.au and come back to the front tomorrow. We'll be joined by Hedley Thomas. Hey, I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component oh, of that. I, I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts.